Hello and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through simple, digestible lessons on legal, tax, money, and business topics. My name is Braden Drake. I'm an entrepreneur, lawyer, tax professional, educator, and author teaching you the behind the scenes necessities you can pair with your own expertise and innate strengths to step into the CEO role and grow the business of your dreams. So if you're ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, let's get started. Well, hello there and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by not just one, but two friends. We have Emily and Abby here from Boss Project. As we get started, first of all, Abby, I want to apologize for misspelling your name all over the internet from basically the start of the time I knew you until yesterday. Rude. Who corrected you? My assistant? No one corrected me. I just saw, I just saw, well, because I'm used to seeing it right now, Abigail. So I didn't know that you Mm -hmm. spelled Abby with an I-E. Oh, yeah. Now I know. It's probably when I posted that I was Abby of the month back in 1999 that you realized. Probably. That may have been it. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's dive in. Let's get into this. So tell um, one of the two of you, tell all of my people what your business is all about, what it is and what it is you do and who you help. Well, that's a, that's a question right there, man. I, we, Compound uh, question. we help women entrepreneurs from all over the world build profitable and sustainable businesses online. Our main gig is sales and marketing. So we want to make your sales and marketing easy breezy. We want you focused on doing what you love, but also making lots of money in the process. Um, And, you know, we have both courses that help you do that, but also our creative template shop. Oh my God. Talk about making marketing simple. That's our jam. Yeah, speaking of, two people from your membership just downloaded my contractor agreement this morning. How fun is that? Love it. So your membership has my copy of my independent contractor agreement as one of the, I don't even know how many items they probably get in there at this point. You probably got all sorts of goodies. Oh, yeah. Tons of goodies. I think it's now like over 7k worth of templates. It's ridiculous. Jesus. Okay. Well, we're going to plug it at the end of the podcast as always. Love a good call to action, but I'll probably forget. So go ahead and tell people if they want to learn more about that, where where should they go? Just creative template shop.com. Love that. That's an easy domain. Okay. All about it. All right. So when did you, when did you all start your business? 2015. No. Okay, so it's been five five awesome years. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Emily's stuck it. with me forever now. Okay, you know, last Lo- known duo on the internet, I think. <laughs> yeah, we are. It is partnerships. Partnerships are like a dicey a dicey area. We could do a whole other podcast on that because I generally just tell everyone not to do, don't it. do it. Don't we tell everyone don't do it? <laughs> okay, but it's like who lucked out? No one will ever luck out. Oprah Gale. And then us. And then that's it. Are Oprah and Gail, do they have like a business partnership or are they just best friends? So. Well, I'm sure I they mean, do, but. I'm sure they're, they're melded together in some yeah. way. 
think. They probably got like, they probably got something cooking back there. I'm sure they got yeah. some sort of product. All right. So what I really want to talk to both of you about is, so I've been listening to your podcast for a little while now. And mm-hmm. I remember it was a little over a year ago, you did a podcast episode all about profit and you started doing monthly profit reports. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to become a really big focus in your podcast and what it is that you teach to all of your students. So I kind of want to go back and what I would love to know is, did you have like an aha moment that like made you like really start thinking about this? Oh, yeah. You mean when one of my depressive cries last year about how much I hated our business and everything that was falling apart? One of those aha moments? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk, let's talk about that. (laughs) Well, I think there's this culture online that like, sexy revenue goals and like big launches just make your business worth more or like it's more you're more successful or whatever and it's all a bunch of bs like it doesn't actually matter how much revenue you bring in because if you're not keeping any at the end of the day then what's the point um and we were just really burnt out and tired of running after ridiculous and unnecessary trying to build like a multi-million dollar business but not actually making any more money and so we were rewarded for that we were working harder than we had literally ever worked before and we were making less money actually personally and i was like fuck this we need to do something else because i can't i can't Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever like whenever you hear the launch stats on these podcasts, and I'm always like, okay, cool, you had a seven figure launch, right. but was your ad spend like nine hundred thousand dollars? Or <laughs> also, exactly. when people say that, like usually they don't mean cash in the door; they mean no. like projected revenue based on how many people that came in and but if there's turn, a turn payment plan failure and credit card failure and people being assholes is like significantly a huge part of just doing business online. And so if you're not preparing for it, like whatever. So I much prefer to look at what is our cash flow after we paid every dime out the door for expenses. That's what I care about. Cause that's what actually matters. Yeah. People being assholes. I'm going to have to figure out how to put that, like get that onto a line item in my spreadsheet. do you mind sharing a little over a year ago when you started thinking about this what your profit margin was and then like what you targeted to grow towards over the coming year I don't yeah. know if you give like that specific information but I'll take whatever we can get I mean we were we had several months in a row last year with significant losses um one of which would some of you would be like, what? <laughs> so there was one particular month that was just exceptionally bad. And then we had a hard time recovering that from that to the point that it was like, if this doesn't become a focus, we are at risk of losing our entire company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we decided to make 30% our goal. We, we looked back at, I mean, we've been in business at that point, four years And so we looked back at what was the year that like felt most in alignment, that we had the most cash flow, that like regardless of what we actually made revenue wise, what was left over. And that year we saw a 30% profit margin and we said, well, let's get back to our best year yet. It might've been 
less revenue then like we're look we're at a bigger business scale now but if we could get back there what would happen and my friend is so much better did you are you like close to that targeted projection yet? oh we already did we already hit it we're there nice and i'm sure your template shop is helping a lot along the oh, way for sure oh, love yeah. that so I tell a lot of my students to target 70% profit margin, but caveat I'm going to give everyone here, very, 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 very different business models, right? So I just did an interview with one of my students, Allie. She started her graphic design business earlier this year, and um, you're going to love this. She told me that she's already replaced her full-time income within eight oh, yeah. months, which is amazing. But when, you're, when your overhead is like Adobe Suite, $50, Squarespace, $25, maybe right. one VA that's $20 an hour... 70% profit margin can be a target, but when you have an entire team and ads and everything else, it's different as you scale. Yeah, we, I think we, we had the conversation where it was like, yeah, I, I wish we could go back to like the 90% profit margin we had when we ran a service-based <laughs> business, literally, where it was just the two of us. But I think we tried to take like, okay, that's not realistic, but what, what, did, what did we like about that? What were we offering and things were simpler? What can we pull from that kind of mentality that we said no to, that we took off of our plate and then marrying it with the one-to-many model? Because I think that that's also not something that a lot of people pay attention to when they're all like, I just want to sell courses and I want passive income. That's great. But also your expenses then go through the roof and the ability to, to make up the same amount of profit when you're working literally with one human at a time is just completely different. Yeah. It's all super important. I like, and I'm not like, this might surprise people, but I'm not the most savvy when it comes to spreadsheets, but I still like need to dig in and know what my profit margin is. Super important for everyone. So let's talk about like, once you started doing your profit reports and you made a commitment to increase your profit margin, what are some of the changes that you had to make in your business right away? Well, we cut expenses like bananas. I think we cut, right, Abby, like over $100,000 in expenses from last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So between the, I think the first eight months of the year, if you were comparing year to date, we had cut a hundred thousand in expenses and almost all of that was team. Um, we Q4 of 2019, we had already did a pretty significant cut to like software and other kind of like reoccurring expenses and try to get it down to, is there anything we're not using? Is there anything that we don't have like a current system tied to? Um, and we paired that way down that we don't care about. Yeah. So we, we made a lot of cuts there with softwares, but also team. We let, we did let some people go, which was shitty. That's just the icky part of, you know, not filling up the boots that you wanted to fill, but we made different investments with different people that saw better results. We did trim back some hours, mostly because all with, not because of the people, but because we cut what we were paying attention to and we cut what we were selling and how we were selling and where we wanted to focus on growth. Mm -hmm. I think for so much of last year, we were like, we were trying to grow this huge business. So in order to make that happen, we needed to be present here and this needed to be performing at its best and also these 17 other things. And it's really difficult to make happen at all, but it's impossible to do alone. So you have a team to do that. And then if you can't keep affording that team because the results aren't there, you're just in this cycle of like paying for people where the results aren't. And so we cut expenses, but also just really, really, really narrowed down our focus on what are we selling? How can we keep it super simple? And I think that's like, I know that sounds like 
it's a simple solution, which it, it wasn't necessarily, but everyone always talks about, you know, focus on like, if you're just selling one thing or like, what is your message and what's your customer hierarchy and all of those things. And I think we had spent so long trying to figure that out by having all of the things and having like a funnel that, well, will they get this and they'll upgrade to that and then they'll downsell to this and then they do this over here. And it just got to be way too much, both expense wise, but it also brain space. And so I think in like November, December, we, we cut some stuff and we just put some stuff on the back burner and, and decided to intentionally like, if we don't grow as fast, that's fine. If we don't like reach that million dollar goal, that's fine. If we don't do this, that's fine. Because this has to steady out, like absolutely has to steady out. Yeah. So once, like once you started getting those expenses trimmed, like obviously more money in your personal bank account, which for me is always the end goal, right? Like uh, Emily commented on my, on my Instagram post today about retained earnings. We could have a whole boring conversation about that. We won't, but money needs to be in your bank account. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone can go find the Instagram post that they're like, what the fuck is that even? I don't even know. (laughs) <laughs> but aside from more money in the bank account, like, did you find that, that by cutting these expenses out, you're actually streamlining your business? Like, did it change other, other parts of your processes? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we got down to one signature program, one membership, and then one, like, ridiculous high-value no-brainer product. Um, so we still have three things, which is actually kind of a lot. But um, compared to the... I can't even tell you how many different courses we've had over the years. Like, honestly, I don't, I've lost track between the various things we've put together and then like bundled and then like, mm-hmm. like co-sold we somebody else's it. thing. Yeah. And like, it yeah. was a lot. And so we, we really narrowed that down significantly. And then we really thought about intentionally, how do we want to launch and what does that look like for us in a way that's both like repetitive and easy to reproduce, but also something that's not exhausting because we've, we've done everything from launch every two weeks to launching quarterly to having everything hundred percent evergreen to, I mean, everything in between. And so we had to find the balance of what made sense for us and our current business offerings. And, um, that still means a mix of live and evergreen content, but, it's working for us. So. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, I'll, I'll ask you, was that kind of scary? Because for me, like I'm trying to do the same thing in my business, but streamlining project products, what, what was the word I was looking for? Anyway, um, streamlining your, off, your offers is very similar to like choosing a niche where like, you know, it's probably yeah. the right thing to do, but it's like really scary to take the first step. Yeah. Well, and it, cause sometimes you want to go with what you like, <clears throat> And that's not always the right answer. Like you really, this is all about listening to your audience and understanding what they're benefiting from. And so we tried to not get too personal about it. Cause if that was what we were going to do, then we, we would have a completely different set of products. And I'm not even sure the, the shop would have ever launched, but, um, well, and also like, cause we did that, but you get to a point because it is fun to, okay, and now I can create this and I want to offer this thing. And then you have your smorgasbord of stuff. We definitely did that for a while, but you, you will, because I got there last year and this, this is how I do this. This is my cycle. This is when we quit clients and I called Abby and I was like, if I have to pick up my camera one more time and shoot one more jar of pickles, I'm going to throw it out the window. So we need to do something else. So this was me every time when I get on the brink of burnout, I'm, I'm officially done. I literally cannot do it anymore. 
but what had happened was we had a bundle here that we kept bringing back because it did do well. We had a Black Friday bundle that did do well. We had a membership that did do well. We, we had all of these things that it's not like they underperformed, but if you can't actually pay attention to them and focus just on them, they're never going to really, really shine. But it got to the point where it was like, I, I don't want to sell any of this anymore. Like I hate this and I hate this and I hate this. And so I think until you like, so you don't get to that point. That's why it's healthy to keep it really slim and trim. So you are just as passionate about the thing that you're putting out like today, but letting that change. But yeah, we closed down a membership. We decided like multiple times throughout this year to like not specifically bring back bundles and sales that we had done before. We've said no, I think to everyone about like co-collaborating, like being an affiliate for stuff this year, where it's just like, we gotta, we gotta keep it super slim. Can we talk about the pickles for a second? <laughs> sure. We had a pickle client, a gourmet pickle client. Uh, they're delicious. And Abby built their marketing and branding. And we did an entire styled photo shoot for pickles. And we did one for salsa. And we've done uh, cheese balls, bourbon balls. We were like food marketing and, and photography. Mm -hmm. Okay, but like that sounds kind of awesome, but it sounds it like was, maybe it honestly, just was for a while. If, if, well, and I think the big thing was that we didn't have any systems to support our service-based business. And it was, if like Dipsado had existed when we Truly. were doing that, or if we had brought on more of like a project manager and we stayed doing the creative, I honestly think we could still be doing that because it's so fun, like so fun. Um, but also it's a lot more work, honestly, like way more yeah. work. I would hire out editing next time because editing a glass jar of pickles is literally so difficult. Well, and I love, I love doing like logo design and stuff, but website design, I can do concept, but it just gets mm -hmm. tedious after a while. So as much as I say, I loved it. I did, but also like we got to the point where we were avoiding doing our client work because we didn't like the work anymore. And that's when we decided to make a big change. Yeah, I feel that. I'm planning on phasing out my law firm at the end of this year. So yeah. it'll be exciting. Woo -woo. Um, yeah. All right. So question, you talked about how you had a lot of bundles before you phased those out. Are you no longer doing the Boss Project Summit anymore either? No. That's getting, yeah, the, that getting the chop? Yeah, we, I think this was its test year of not happening at all. And I loved not having it this year. It, I'm not to say that like maybe next year it'll, it'll make a reoccurrence, like just depending on the market. But I, I was so proud of it. It did really well. I loved it. And then it was like, if I, it takes so much work, it's so exhausting. And so it just wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling me or us anymore. So. Yeah. And so I think there's a difference between how much, like there's a, not just pros and cons, but how much effort versus how much reward. And yeah. with that, it was like, we could do, it could go amazing or we could have one webinar and make the same amount. And it would take like two hours instead of our whole team, multiple months. Um, yeah. and so it was, I mean, it was mostly a service to our industry. Like it was way more of a benefit to y'all than it was for us. And so for that reason, we had to, to scale back. Um, yeah, I can, I can only imagine like it just looked, it looked exhausting to me. I was like, that's a lot of steps. Okay. So 
what was going to be my next question? Had it top of my, can we talk a little bit about like what your cash flow process already looks at, looks like? I know you all, you probably don't talk about this on a lot of podcasts because Mm-mm. frankly, people are like, who gives a fuck? But on this podcast, <laughs> that is what we talk about. So yeah, it's super, super fun, right? So I kind of teach like my own spin on Profit First, like mm-hmm. all the bank accounts, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you all follow Profit First, but do you do like the multiple bank accounts for your business? So we have a couple bank accounts and I'm happy to kind of like briefly go through it. But the the main thing here is more so than the bank accounts themselves, it's having a very clear budget that includes profit like in it. So we have a monthly amount that we know where we're going to break even and then we know what our goal is. And if we're not hitting it, then like we have to make little shifts. And sometimes that means Emily and I make less money. Um, sometimes that means we don't invest in a new software or a course or whatever. Um, but we have that number in mind and we adjust that on a quarterly basis so that it includes um, both our profit, our entire team, our payroll, everything. Um, and that gives us a really good number. Now, in terms of how I manage cash flow. I just have like a very simple system that I don't know if it would work for anybody else, but it works for me. Um, Stripe auto deposits every weekday minus Monday. I think it's like it's four days a week. Um, And then PayPal, you have to actually push your cash over. Otherwise it sits there, but I try to do it daily because I'll, prefer interest accruing in my bank account. That's just how that works. Um, but we have a cash flow bank account. So I put everything in savings minus a thousand dollars. I only keep a thousand in our checking. And then when we have, um, a credit card due or payroll or team or whatever, I will pull from our cash flow account to pay an expense. And then after we get our P and L back, which is usually a couple weeks post the end of the month, I will take any of our profit and remove it from our cash flow account and put it in our profit and savings account. Um, and then from that, we can make choices. We can either use that to reinvest back into the business or Emily and I could take a bigger distribution, um, get, new phones. get new phones, uh, which we are doing. Um, but we, we make decisions on that kind of as we go along. And it's definitely changed over time because initially we were in recovery mode from like our cash flow was a disaster. So we were saving more than we were earning for a long time. Um, but now we're kind of on the flip side where we, we have a really, really good solid base. And so we'll be able to take bigger distributions. Love that. Do you have, I'm assuming, cause I know that you have an outside CFO, right? Does your CFO do your books as well? So we don't, that was one of the people we cut. We loved our CFO and we actually let her go at the end of maybe Q3 last year. Um, we still have a bookkeeper and accountant and we still have a financial planner. Um, so I'm, I'm operating as our CFO right now. Um, but our bookkeeper for sure is what's making this simple because then I can see our PNL and it's super clear and I know exactly what's going in and out at all times. Emily, you didn't want to take over the bookkeeping. (laughs) I don't math. (laughs) 
she doesn't math. I don't know but how to count. I do. One thing I do think helps because we weren't. It was it was hard to understand cash flow initially because you're you're seeing things come in, and then if you're paying a credit card, for those of you who haven't like quite wrapped your head around it, you're paying on expenses that you spent thirty to forty five days ago, and so if you're not like aware of what's actively coming in and actively going out, it can be kind of crazy. So I prepare a weekly financial report that no one else really looks at, but it really helps keep me in check and make sure that we're in good standing. So like, I know at all times where our credit cards are at and those are mostly just like reoccurring expenses and ad costs. Um, And then I can, juxtapose our savings to it. We try to keep at least 2X whatever we're spending in cash inside the business, Um, sometimes way more. Um, And then I also look at what's coming in. So I pull reports from where all of our income sources. So Stripe, PayPal, um, and I'm looking at you know, what's our report say on Teachable? What's our report say um, on Stripe for the membership? And I pull all that information together in one place. So I have an idea, even even though you see it come in the account, it's hard to really tell on a week to week basis. So I can see, oh, this week we're like way down. So we need to pay attention, like what's going on versus waiting because sometimes you'd be six weeks away from the problem if you're waiting until a P&L came out. Um, and so this has helped us address problems a lot sooner, but for the most part, it's really just kept us on track. Yeah, so I, we- I, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to have Abby kind of explain our score, our scorecard that we mm-hmm. have within our team that also helps us do a weekly check-in. Yeah. So the scorecard, I put some of those financial numbers in, um, and that's mostly on just the side for me. But then on a weekly basis, we we follow traction and use the scorecard method to um, really keep tabs on certain things. And I'll tell you, at certain times, we're paying more or less attention to some of them. Some of it's just tracking, and sometimes it's like, this is a problem. So like, for instance, our ads, we look at ROAS every single week. If it dips below a certain number, I'm having a conversation with them and trying to make sure I understand what's happening. Like, is this a one-time thing? Is there a fluke? Is there something going on with Facebook? Like what, what's going on? And it helps just us keep tabs on everything. Yeah. I, so I love this. We talk about scorecard and EOS and traction and my alumni membership with my mm-hmm. alumni members for my course. And for, it took me a while to figure out what to track for a while. I was trying to track engagement in my membership because I engagement informs retention, but then I was like, no one's joining a law and tax membership to be active in a Facebook group. No one gives What's a up, shit. Guys? Like, Hey, and I was like, not an important metric. Let's track something else. The financial stuff obviously makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So, well, I think it would be fine. Well, first of all, I did want to mention Um, you all have a pretty sophisticated system for everyone listening. Don't let that overwhelm you at the end of the day. What you need to have is your own system. And I call it your personal cash flow policy. So it's whatever your process is in a step-by-step 
really it's an SOP and a standard operating procedure. And then what I tell everyone to do, Abby and Emily, is put it in Trello. And if they don't know how to do that, they should go buy your Trello course for $29, right? Mm -hmm. And then they can add that as one of their workflows, their cash flow policy to do every other Friday, twice a month, whatever. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about your personal businesses for like the last five minutes? Absolutely. Okay. Because I know that, so Abby and Emily, you both have your own businesses. You can highlight like what those are, but I would love to talk about that cash flow because honestly, it's probably a lot more relatable to most of the people who are listening. We have very mm-hmm. similar audiences. So like Emily, what, t- well, tell us a little bit about your other business and how you run your cash flow and bookkeeping. Yeah. So I have a, I have a handmade business. I do, I work with earrings. I make and sell earrings. It's a physical product business. First time dipping into physical products last year. Uh, the literal first month I sold anything, I begged Abby to make me a spreadsheet (laughs) so I could track my expenses, supplies, software, um, and shipping. And then she, so she like put in some formulas because I can't fuck around with this sheet at all. Like, I don't know what that, how it even works. So she made all that so I can do like all of my monthly expenses and categorize them. And then it will automatically populate in like a month long or a year long uh, sheet where I have my profit expenses, transaction fees, like all of it self-calculates. And then she made me, we follow like a uh, 50, 25, 25 split for paying myself 50%, saving 25% in the business, saving 25% for taxes, which I just had to increase it to 35% at the advice of our accountant. So that's kind of annoying, but that's fine. <laughs> Uh, but so it all calculates that. So literally I just plug and play numbers. So I have one business credit card. All of my expenses go through that so I can track it and get them points. I do my own books at the end of every month, which I'm, Abby would be so proud of me. Um, the thing that I would love to master next, like, cause this is what I'm not great at is more of kind of what we were just talking about of the cash flow budgeting. So like I'm at a point now where stuff is more predictable income wise within that business. And I'm not like my expenses aren't as high as they've been like when I've gotten supplies and gotten like office furniture and whatever. So I would like to get into a point of like, how much do I need to be hanging out in savings and then paying myself? And like, how does all of that work? But um, but yeah, it's just a, a literal simple Google sheet that Abby made some sexy formulas for me, which you guys can also grab this. We have an entire bonus inside the creative template shop, right? It's in there yeah. too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a, uh, your business horoscope and Abby literally walks you through how to create a plug and play spreadsheet. It's exactly what I'm talking about. I could have just listened to her own course and I didn't, um, <laughs> where you can have your own and you can understand these formulas and to get the answers that I have in this spreadsheet that I'm yeah love it Emily you should also grab a copy of my book and you can read about my whole process we already did we already ordered it (laughs) oh whose name did you order it under well I'll have Abby to order it well I'm I got distracted Abby has but it's but it's happening it's happening it's happening I'm like, I, I'm like, I like Abby, look at like, look at my orders every single day. So I, I know what's coming in. Okay. Love that though. Emily, when you had a, your accountant told you how to increase your tax allocation by 10%, did that 10% then have to get taken out of your salary payments or out of your expense budget? It's, it's now out of my expense budget because my expenses are much lower and much more predictable. Um, because of 
I've been doing it a year now. I can very easily just predict like every few months it's going to be about this much because I'm like reordering supplies or whatever. Um, and I know what my recurring expenses are and they're super low. Again, it's a, it's a much smaller business. Like mm -hmm. my recurring expenses are like less than a hundred dollars a month. And then when I order supplies, it's a couple hundred dollars and then that's it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the, this is the thing that a lot of people don't really think about it, but it naturally makes sense when you have a product-based business like that. Obviously, your cost of goods are going to increase along with your sales. They yeah. might not increase as much because maybe you can buy in bulk and it's not going to yeah. cost you the same amount, but your other like monthly software expenses are not going to go up unless, you know, you have like an email service provider that charges by subscriber, that kind of thing might go up right. a little bit, but not in direct proportion. It's so like you, yeah. yeah, like you can continue increasing your profit margin until you hit a certain tipping point and then it might start to go down. Totally because then sense. you're maybe hiring someone or you're opening up a studio or something like that. And that's when expenses are going to jump. But I'm in that sweet spot now. Right. <laughs> like usually, like usually your profit margin continues to increase until you're at least at six figures, but usually yes. like a couple hundred depends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Abby, what do you got going on in your other business? Yeah. So honestly, mine is even simpler than Emily's, which sounds ridiculous, but it's just the nature of what I do. So I run a wellness company with my husband and we do a group weight loss program, but we also sell, um, natural products like essential oils and home and bath products, all, all sorts of things. Um, but um, the majority of my income is actually generated through another company. So I make a commission on sales. And because of that, I don't have a lot of crazy cash flow things going on. Do I still have monthly expenses? Yes, but they're very low. Um, and just because of the nature of like how my world is working right now, for the most part, we've just been stashing it in a separate business account and we'll pull out a little here and there when we need it. But like, I'm not paying myself on a regular basis from that business. I could. Um, and I definitely want to get to the point where that's happening in a much bigger way, but we are, we don't have to like calculate out those expenses. A lot of that's already done for me. Like someone else is holding inventory, doing the shipping, handling all of the back end customer service. And we just focus on sales and marketing. And that's really simplified my life in a lot of ways. Um, I just don't have to think as hard on that side of things like at all. So love it. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to start to wrap it up. I have, I have one more question though, to put you on the hot seat. So if you're talking to newer business owners or anyone that's been in business for maybe a couple of years, but they mm -hmm. haven't really started to dig into their profit margin, what would you tell them that they should be doing? Basically, I'm asking you to give a sales pitch for me. Full disclosure <laughs> guys. A sales pitch on like what their profit margin should be? No, so on like on why, like on why they need to, yeah, on like why they need to start thinking about it. Oh God. Why would you not start thinking about it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. Well, A lot of people just, yourself. they're like, they're like head in the sand and they have no idea how much they're making until they file their tax return. Well, okay. Here's the thing. No. I, you can tell me you're not motivated by money. You can say oh. whatever you, whatever you want. But like money buys things, money pays for your house, it pays for your car, it pays for you to get your nails done and like buy your shit you don't need. 
It, yeah. It buys all sorts of things, right? You have to have money to live. Okay. And you can say you don't want it. What the fuck ever, but that's not true. You can say you want it to be impact and you can still have that be true, but money is what is going to motivate you to move forward. You can tell me it's not, but I promise you, if you got paid $10,000 a month instead of $100 a month, you would have a completely different feeling about how you're showing up in the world, how, how your business is working. And, and I'm not saying you need to make $10,000 a month to be worth anything. That's not my point. I'm just saying the bigger your personal reward, the more you're going to feel because those sexy sales numbers mean nothing if it doesn't change your life or lifestyle. Like if you're still doing it for, if it's just sitting there. Right. And I know people who, we have friends that I was like, who didn't pay themselves for years. Wasn't it Steph? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Call her out on here, but yes. (laughs) Bleep bleep her name. (laughs) Bleep. Bleep. Well, that could, that could be, that could be anyone. We don't, it could be, be it could be anyone, but seriously, I, I just didn't get it. Like, I just don't. I needed it to work for me. I I paid myself. And the only way you can do that is if you're aware of what's going in and what's going out, you do not have to be the smartest person. You just have to find people in your corner to help you, whether Mm. that's buying the book, buying the course, having a best friend like Abby, it doesn't matter, but I need you to get someone so you can get your life together because I want you to pay yourself. Yeah. Even if it's a spouse that helps you work out the numbers, like don't be ashamed of where you're at or what kind of help you need. Um, That doesn't have to be your thing. Like you get to decide what makes sense. Yeah. And people like, you guys can see my my camera just died. So camera quality is now drastically dipped. That's okay. Um, I also, I'm uploading these to YouTube now. I don't think I told you both that before before we started recording. yeah, so we we talked about this on your podcast, so I won't chat about it at length. People should go listen to that episode on the Strategy Hour podcast. We talked a lot about what I call the what the fuck happened to my money hamster wheel and basically how people, as their business grows, they just keep increasing their expenses because they feel like they need this, they need that. Like I really wanted to buy a new $700 microphone for my podcast last month. Do I really need it? No, but I wanted it. But at the end of the day, I had to pay myself first. There wasn't enough money left over in the bank account. So I don't get the microphone right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if all of the photographers that followed me did the same thing with all their cameras, they'd have a lot more money in their bank account at the end of the year. I was that photographer. I was that person. It was like, I need this new lens and I need this new editing software and I need this new camera body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's one thing if it's like, cause you can like within reason and like within the realm of the law, you can utilize your business to improve your lifestyle to an extent, but like sometimes like, like for us, by, for instance, buying a new phone, like that's nice and it's luxury or whatever you want. I don't, I'm not, I can't say luxury the way you need to, to like fully get the effect, but like oh, that yeah. does improve my personal life and it is a business expense. And so could I have paid myself that and still bought the phone? Sure. But like I can write it off, but there's some things where it's like, this isn't actually going to change my life at all. It sounds good. Cause it's like, sexy and fun and whatever but trust me that new microphone is not going to do squat shit for both your bottom line and your voice you already sound great you're fine 
Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate But you saw how nice the camera quality was. Okay, now the camera to, quality was legit. I, I just I have to get, it. like, the audio up there. I'm hoping with the new microphone, I'll be able to do my audible audiobook at home. But everyone's like, no, you need to pay yeah. a studio anyway, because yeah. they'll edit it for you. Anyway, business expenses. We talk a lot about that on your podcast, so people should go listen. Also, if you all are interested in learning my cash flow system that I teach all my students, that's what I'm going to be teaching on my upcoming masterclass. So let me look at my notes here. Masterclass title, setting up your cash flow taxes and legalities for 2021. Doesn't that sound like the hottest topic of the year right there? It sounds like it's going to be a party <laughs> is what it seems like. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a party. So registration will open for that this coming Monday after this episode releases. So stay tuned. Meanwhile, if everyone wants to learn more about your business, what you're doing, if they want to go buy your stuff, give you money, how should they do that? Where should they go? Well, you definitely need to check out trelloforbusiness.com. That's that's our gateway drug. It's going to get you into everything else. Um, if you're needing marketing and want to look professional, sexy, but keep it easy and simple, definitely head to creativetemplateshop.com. We're also over on Instagram at Boss Project. Uh, what else? Oh, the Strategy Hour podcast. Clearly, you like listening to those. Uh, it's also explicit, so you'll be right in the you know same realm of people. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the gist. You can find us pretty much anywhere at Boss Project. And from there, you'll find our personal accounts and all that jazz. So we'd love to see you hang every month on the show. So Mm -hmm. go listen to all those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you all love these money discussions, definitely go check out the Strategy Hour podcast. Love Trello for Business, Gateway Drug. I'm definitely going to steal that. That's like the perfect descriptor. (laughs) So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Super appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thanks. And then thanks to everyone else that's listening. I always like have the worst closings. I'm just going to have, I'm just going to have my editor start cutting me off and then just do like a jingle. I'm always so, so awkward where I'm like, I'll talk to you guys later. Love you. Yes. Love you. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, hit the bell, all the other bullshit. And I'll be back in your podcast in just a few days.